How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Wolfpack sports. I am your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my two co-hosts now. We got Tyler Seth and we got Trenton Webb joining us for this show. We have a good one. We're going to talk about football, what happened last week, our win over San Jose State. We are also going to talk about some soccer, talk about volleyball. We're going to recap swimming and diving against the Little Brothers Down South, Women's Golf, Pack Player of the Week. It's going to be a good one. Stay tuned, guys, and let's go Pack. And we're back. We're going to recap some football for you guys. It was a good one on Saturday. Uh, Pack versus Cancer. We got the dub 41-38. A little bit closer than we... Than we originally anticipated. A lot more high scoring. A lot more high scoring. I thought we were going to win by a touchdown. Ended up being a field goal. That's okay. We Field goals don't stress us out. Not I mean, at all. Not only have the GOAT back there, you know, kicking and doing what he does best. We are now 4-2 and two on the season beating San Jose State after Saturday. We finally, finally, finally got off to the hot start that we finally wanted to get to. Um, the only time scoring more than nine first half points was against UTEP. We scored 21 against them, um, but they are the pretty much like the worst team in the FBS, like second worst team in all of college football. Against San Jose State, we got off to a red hot start, scoring 24 first half points, and then coming out of that halftime, scoring that 75 yard bomb from Malik Henry to Romeo Dubs, who's going to be a dirty duo, by the way, for the rest of the year. And then, like we said, end of the game, scores tied, you know, 50 yard field goal. It wasn't quite 50 yards, but I mean, you know, you know, something like that, it doesn't stress us out. No. You know why? Because we got the GOAT. We're not worried about it. No, we got the GOAT. Yeah, we, we got Brandon Talton back there, who was named Mountain West Special Teams Player of the Week for the third time in six weeks. I mean, just an amazing season he's putting together. I think they should just give him the Garza Award right now. I mean, just cancel the rest of the season. NCAA, just give him the award right now. He should, he should have it. But overall... How was the game in your guys' opinion, Trent? We'll start with you. I think a big factor to this game was uh, just execution on all sides of the field. Early on, we had uh, Austin Arnold with that pick six. Huge pick six. Huge pick six to give us a a big lead to start the first quarter. And uh, honestly, just on the plays we need execution on, talking about the kick, at the end of the game, and even uh, some of the plays leading up to the final play. We just executed on plays that we needed to make plays on, and uh, I think that was a big factor compared to last week. I also thought that uh, Tuatoa and his rushing game was just incredible for us. It was his breakout game with 34 carries for 160 yards. Yeah, that was huge. I also uh, really like the tandem he has going with uh, the other running back. Devontae Lee. Yeah. yeah, he's a stud, too. He's a good little goal line back. To... Yeah, uh, today in the post, post-game post presser, uh, or in the, I guess, the beginning of the week presser. Preview, yeah, yeah, preview week presser. Uh, Devontae Lee called him and Toa's uh, partnership peanut butter and jelly. And I kind of like that because yeah, I like that. Uh, Toa, like you were saying, Toa had a huge week. Um, I've been harping on this, uh, on this podcast that he needs at least 20 touches to make uh, the game interesting and and to actually you know propel us to success we need him running the ball and uh, yeah like you said he got 34 touches um, I think it was 160 yards he yeah, ended with on the dot so I mean absolutely huge game like you said and I think 
I mean, the tandem that you brought up, I think Toa is really good at, you know, getting around the edge. He's still a power back, but he has a lot of speed. He has a lot of agility. Yeah, he's a big and dude. Then, yeah, and he's a big guy. He can, he can blow over people. But Devontae Lee, when he gets in there, I mean, he puts his head down, he works, and he will blow over yeah. any guy that stands in front of him. So, I mean, it's pretty cool that uh, they have a good relationship going, they have a good partnership going. Tyler, your overall thoughts of um, not only how the pack played, but uh, you were the one at the game. I had I had to work on Saturday, so you were the one up in the box. Uh, how did Malik Henry look, you know, with the with the offensive line and just uh, overall for his first FBS start? Yeah, I mean, Malik looks solid in his first start. I think that's the correct word to use. Uh, you know, over 350 in the air, couple of interceptions. The first interception, it looked like Elijah might have stopped running. It might have kind of been a bad ball. Uh, the defender makes a great play on the sideline. And then the second interception was just kind of a ball he should have thrown away, threw it into like uh, double, triple coverage. And San Jose comes away with that ball pretty easy. But yeah, his one touchdown was that 75-yard bomb like you yeah. talked about to Romeo Dubs. Other than that, he really, in the first half, he really sat in the pocket and made some good throws. And then in the second half, we kind of saw some more pressure from San Diego State. Saw him kind of get outside the pocket a little more and have to improvise with his legs, um, something that we were kind of looking forward to seeing. Obviously, my prediction of 100 for Toa and 100 for Malik on the ground wasn't just quite a little bit off. just a little bit off. Um, but yeah, he looked really solid. I thought it was a tale of two halves. You know, in the first half, we were up 24-10, and then we get a bomb right away first play of the second half. But then the second half, we didn't look as sharp. The defense allowed a lot more passing yards. Uh, San Jose State in the first half threw 130 and 30 passing yards, and then after the game was over, they ended up with 405. So definitely something that is kind of need to work on. Props to San Diego State for making some adjustments at halftime. San Jose, yeah. San Jose State definitely for making some adjustments at halftime. But, yeah, it's something that we need to look at as a defense. Uh, the secondary, a lot of kind of missed reads, missed assignments, as we see some of these deep balls downfield that Josh Love was able to complete were kind of blown coverages. Um, but other than that, we played solid. I think definitely probably one of the best halves we've played in the season, definitely the best first half we had in the season. But, yeah, we gotta we got to kind of clean up that secondary, but it's always good to come out with a win, probably a little closer than some Pack fans would have liked. Obviously, Talton with the GOAT field goal again. But, yeah, just a little bit um, concerning. Definitely a tale of two halves for Nevada. Yeah, it was refreshing to see the Pack play a first half like that. Definitely. Because... I mean, we've been seeing all season. It just it hasn't been good. I mean, even against UTEP, who is the, who's arguably the worst team in the FBS, uh, we didn't score in that first quarter. I mean, we scored the 21 points in the first uh, half. It all came from that second quarter play. So it was really good to see that the, the Wolfpack can actually start hot. And um, even though it kind of tailed off there at the end, it looked like you know, Malik Henry might have been the shot in the arm that we needed um, for this offense. Our offense was, I mean completely stagnant you know and it seemed like we couldn't even get our stars going um but now you know Malik spread the ball out so much during this game and he actually let our stars work he he spread the ball to Romeo Dubs spread the ball to Elijah Cooks um I mean he got the ball to Toa he got the ball the ball to everyone and it seemed nice to have this offense finally start hot and um and really they didn't do too much in the second half but when that came down to it that last drive to get us into field goal position—that's a lot of—that's a lot of burden to put on Malik Henry's first FBS start, and then the entire offense as a whole to say, you know what, it's on your guys' back now. We have to get down to field goal range. We have to make sure that Talton's in his range to make sure to hit this, uh, even though I think his range is pretty much anywhere, say, he's anywhere got a big on the field. Range, yeah. But um, they had to get at least down there, and that was um, 
in credits to the O-line. That was credits to Toa. It was great to see the offense work like that. But Malik Henry, let's focus in on his start specifically. Uh, 22 for 37, 352 yards. I think that was the most yards since Ganji last year. Uh, he only had one TD, though. He had two interceptions. He could clean it up a little bit, but ultimately it was a good game. Uh, Trent, how do you think he played overall? Overall, I think the coaches did a fantastic job at simplifying it and setting up a game plan for Malik Henry to have success. And um, obviously, you know, he's a he's a big playmaker. He's going to make some throws down the field that, you know, sometimes are you never know. They could be a pick. They could be a touchdown. And that's just yeah. the type of play he has. And uh, I think we can live with two interceptions if we also get the other side of Malik Henry, which is that explosive person who's able to run and also throw the ball downfield 75 yards for a touchdown. Right, yeah. I also think Malik Henry has uh, humbled himself because of uh, all the trials he's been put through. Definitely. And uh, like coach, the coach was saying, um, that playing Juco, you, you know, that, that stuff humbles you, man. Yeah. You, you learn a lot there, and uh, you come back to the big league, and you understand that you, you can't make any uh, – any any mess ups anymore definitely yeah his first fbs start as we've been saying post game we actually got to hear from him uh which was really cool he said that there was times in his life that he didn't even think he was gonna be able to play football anymore right so it's it's really cool and i think humbling is the perfect word to use in that situation he was able to humble himself from like you said all the trials and uh tribulations that he's gone through and then now he's kind of looking like okay i have a team behind me that truly cares about me we were talking about this off air trend you were saying how I mean, he kept talking about the team. He was saying, like, they're behind my back. They're, um, you know, they're they're working with me. And I think he's kind of bringing it back to where, you know, he finally has a team and if finally has a group of guys that truly care about him in this locker room. I mean, you ask anyone in the locker room, they, they think he's a good guy and they want nothing but the best for him. And I think this will propel our offense um, to greater heights. Do you see our offense doing more against Utah State and just as the games progress how do you think uh, our offense is going to fare Tyler I mean it's going to be tough Utah State uh they're definitely no San Jose State they yeah. have a very good defense with a very experienced good linebacking core like we previewed beginning of the season yeah um so it's going to be tough I think he still gets the nod I think it's Malik's kind of thing to lose now after the game he had and I also want to agree with Trent's other point I think the coaching staff did a great job of kind of easing him into the game we see a lot of early runs by Toa, kind yeah. of letting him get his feet wet and then having some short swing intermediate passes to kind of ease him in. And then we see him kind of flourish uh, throughout the second half and the rest of the game. But I think the coaching staff definitely did a great job in this game. But um, he's going to really have to step up for Utah State. It's going to be a tough game. They have a very stout defense in Logan as well. So it's going to be uh, obviously a hostile environment having our experience that we've had with Utah State in basketball and in football. Definitely, yeah. It's always a heated rivalry when uh, Utah State either comes down to Reno and play or we go to Logan and play them. Trent, Malik has to be the starting quarterback, right? I mean, there's no way he's not the starting starting quarterback for Utah State. I think it's no question. Um, after this performance, San Jose is a pretty San Jose State is a pretty good team, and uh, they, they've gotten a lot better over the years yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and to put up the numbers he did, 350 yards off the tub. You know, they were able to manage the game. One big factor was the possession. I mean, we had we had, we had had the ball 20 more minutes than their team did, and that's another kudos to our coaching staff yep. and our offense for being able to do that because on the other side of the field, love, that quarterback doesn't play around. He he threw for 23-45 for 400 yards and three touchdowns, yeah. and we had the ball 20 minutes longer than they mm-hmm. did. So I think our coach sta- coaching staff understood that in order to win this game, we needed to have the ball more to keep it away from Love. 
And I think Malik Henry did a fantastic job at doing that. Yeah, I think it's his job to lose. I don't think there's any way that you can look at this game. I mean, what's the one thing that you can maybe harp on is the interceptions, but... I mean, like you said, Malik Henry, he comes with interceptions. He he has a history of interceptions, and this is his first game. He's only going to get better. This is his first time actually playing against an FBS opponent. So I think it's his I mean, it's his spot to lose. And then I want to touch on the O-line because the O-line, like, consistently has been a spot of criticism and a spot of these guys are so young. We have a lot of injuries. Uh, we have so much talent that left last season. But this – Offensive line, I mean, yes, they have had their, their struggles, but they did very good against San Jose State. We only allowed one uh, one sack. Yes, Malik was running around a little bit. He was pressured in the pocket. But on the other side of that, Toa had 160 yards rushing. So yeah. he needed some push from the offensive line to get, it to, uh, to get him to 160 yards. So the offensive line, in, at least in my opinion, looked a lot better. What did you see from the press box, Tyler? I saw a lot of switching, a lot of substitutions from the offensive line that we usually kind of don't see in football. Yeah, you don't a really lot. see a lot of offensive um, lines. There was a line. lot of, during, especially like Trenton said, we had the ball 20 more minutes than they did. Um, some of those longer drives, you kind of see some offensive line personnel changes. And I think that's a big key to why Toa you know, had the 160. And especially on that last drive, that 30-yard run really, or 27 or 30-yard run really setting us up to put Talton in good field goal range. They had a great push. Toa had a C to run through there, and it's all credit to the offensive line. They definitely stepped up this game. Like you said, with the injury to Jake Nelson that he suffered during Hawaii, we kind of harped on that last week, and we thought it was going to be a really big you know, issue for the pack. But it turns out that you know, the offensive line is playing better, and like we kind of said, as they get more games under their belt, the more experience they have, it's going to be you know, looking up and up for them. So definitely a good sight to see where – your quarterback is pretty protected. You know, Malik does like to get outside the pocket, even even if he isn't pressured super. Right. So it's really good to see. And then Toa obviously having probably the game of the season so far. Yeah. So really good to see from the offensive line. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, Toa is getting the amount of rushes he is. And I'm glad the way our offense is starting to look. I think we're going to have a bright game against Utah State. Uh, we'll be able to preview that on Friday. But I think we're going to have a, a good offensive showing. Now my area of concern actually switches to the defense. I'm really concerned about our DBs. We only, like you said, we only let up 130 passing yards in the first half. But, I mean, that sec- or after the game, 405, that second half, they absolutely torched us. So it's interesting to see our DBs, while we did get that pick six, not have the best game, I would say. But one area of focus, like we've been saying, we don't have to worry about at all, is a special teams game. Brandon Tallinn is still ranked second in all of the FBS for kicking and field goals made. The only one ahead of him is Peyton Henry of Washington, who has hit 14 of 14. Tallinn, of course, has hit 12 of 12. He's one of nine players nationally to have not missed a field goal. The only freshman. It's hard to believe this kid's 18 years old. Stepped on campus literally a couple months ago, and now he is arguably leading the nation in uh, field goals made. So that's, that's pretty crazy. But with our win, Hawaii's tough loss to Boise, the West kind of seems a little wide open right now. Hawaii looked like they were going to kind of run away with it. I still think it is Hawaii's to lose. Um, San Diego State, I think, sits in first right now. And then Hawaii and then us at third. What do you think the team's going to have to do to compete for a uh, Mountain West West title, Tyler? Honestly, they might have to win out. It might be one of those scenarios where Hawaii, I mean, they did get 
beat pretty bad by Boise State, but also Boise State yeah. is fourteenth in the country. Yeah, that's a different that's a different Mountain West. Yeah, yeah we don't. <laughs> thankfully, we don't play them this year. Um, but it might be a case of if we really want to win the West, we might have to win out because the way Hawaii's been looking, even in kind of the Boise State game, you saw flashes of their prolific offense, and there's not a lot of DBs in the Mountain West that can cover the Cedric Boyd, yeah. the JoJo of um, Hawaii, and then. There's not a lot of you know defensive linemen that can put pressure on Cole McDonald and rattle him, kind of like Boise State did. So it's going to be really interesting. Nevada's definitely got an uphill road ahead of them if they do want to win the West and kind of compete for that Mountain West championship. But it's going to be tough. I don't see Hawaii losing a lot more games. Yeah, neither do I. Um, they're really good, as we've seen. They've beaten two Pac-12 teams this year, and they've you know demolished us on our home field. Yeah. And we don't have the worst team either. So it's it's going to be really interesting. It might take. Nevada kind of winning out, maybe losing a game here or there, and then Hawaii kind of really struggling down the home stretch. It turns the San Diego State game and the Fresno State game into huge games later on. I mean, those are both West competitions. If I mean those, if we lose one, one at least one of those games, we're out of it. There's yeah, no, there's there's no coming back from that. Right. There's no way we can win the Mountain West uh, West side of things. I don't know. It was it was a big it was a big harping point uh, beginning of the year. I mean, that was one of their big goals. It was to make a New Year's Six bowl game, which obviously isn't happening. But that I mean, right there up there with it was winning a Mountain West championship, at least competing for one. We haven't had much success in the Mountain West uh, championship era or area since we've started that. So I don't know if we can actually get there. I mean, the West is pretty wide open. Trent, what are you thinking? I think it's pretty wide open, and I think the addition of Malik Henry to our team, I mean, anything can happen. I think uh, these next three games against Utah State, Wyoming, and New Mexico are some games that could go either either way. And if we play like we played this week, this past week against San Jose State, I think it's all up in the air. And uh, the San Diego State game four weeks from now will will be the deciding factor on whether or not this Nevada team can actually pull out from the West. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be a close race. Ultimately, I I agree. Uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be Hawaii's to lose. They're they're a really good team. I mean, they showed what they can do against us on our home turf. And yeah, it would just be interesting to look forward to and see what we can actually do. Uh, stay tuned for that football preview episode against Utah State on Friday. Ultimately, a really good game that we just saw on Saturday. It was. It seemed like kind of a breaking point game. If we were going to lose San Jose State, then Today would have been completely different. It would have been a completely different episode that we are filming. Just because if we lose to San Jose State, I mean, the season's kind of lost. Yeah, there's not. It's kind of a long shot after that. I'm just glad that we finally, we we kind of woke up. It seemed like the team has woken up. I, yeah, like you said, the coaches did a great job play calling. Everyone did what they needed to do. But that second half was kind of worrisome. Letting them throw so much on us was kind of scary. Do you think that's something we're going to see next week with uh, Utah State? I mean, we have Jordan Love that's gonna that we're going to be playing. He was a Heisman dark horse entering the season. Obviously, um, not so much now. They've kind of had a little bit of a disappointing season from their 11-2 and season last year. But it's going to be another hard game. How do you think that one's going to go? You know, I think you, you hit on it. If we, uh, if we struggle with uh, our passing, our defensive passing game, it's going to be tough because another great QB is up to bat against us and uh, – if if we can perform well and and manage to hold the ball on offense like we did and uh, at least get to a 20-plus carries, I think uh, we could pull this one out. But like I said, like you were saying as well, 
this defense uh, it, it needs a it needs to fill the gaps in those zones, or uh, they're going to keep attacking us. I think the young secondary needs to step up the way they did at least in the first half of the San Jose State game to at least make it a game against Utah State. But um, overall, great game on Saturday. Tyler, any last thoughts about the game that you were in the box for? I mean, it's obviously amazing to watch Brandon Talton kick a game-winning field goal, the one I missed earlier in the season, obviously. And we traded places on that one. <laughs> being a bad pack fan. But, yeah, I mean, um, definitely a game we needed to win and should have won um, that we did pull out. Obviously, that second-half defense, kind of shocking. But um, when we have Malik and Toa and then Devontae Lee in the backfield, I think it's going to be a tough offense to stop the rest of the year. Yeah, it will be interesting to watch come Sun Saturday against Utah State. Great game against San Jose State, and I think the football team, I think I speak for everyone when I say the football team is looking up. We are looking good, and I'm excited to see what the rest of the team can do, honestly. And let's transition into some soccer. They are looking up after the games we had this weekend. Friday, the Pack took on Colorado College, a team that we didn't even know was in the damn Mountain West, yep. but apparently only for soccer, Colorado College is in the Mountain West. Uh, we took them on Friday. We unfortunately lost that game 3-0. to zero. I think just outmatched on all on all fronts. Um, they had 21 shots, 12 on goal, compared to our 8 shots, only 4 on goal. We did have more corner kick opportunities, which is always nice to see, seeing the offense at least apply a little bit of pressure. We outscored them on corner kicks 4-1. to one. Freshman Gabby Brown, who we have been saying week in, week out, has been a solid performer for soccer, and junior Maddie Harston each had two shots with one being on goal. And then Stovall, Kendall Stovall, the MVP of soccer, man, she had nine saves in that game. So not the best game that we saw from uh, Pac Soccer on Friday, but they didn't hang their heads. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's going to be, you know, 3-0 is kind of eh. Right. It's on the brink of getting really bad and yeah. not so bad. Um, defense not really stepping up. Kendall Stovall, I mean, nine saves. She did probably all she could in that game. Uh, just maybe a little outmatched in that Colorado College game. I mean, 21 shots of 12. It's You're not going to win many games when you're losing that shot battle like that. But, yeah. um, I mean, we bounced back pretty well. Yeah, we did. We, we bounced back and in good fashion. Uh, we played Air Force, the Falcons. They were red hot coming into this game. This was the game that actually scared me more than Colorado College did. We played them on Sunday. That was the Pack versus Cancer game. But we we came through, and we got the dub. We beat them 2-1 in amazing fashion. The Falcons came into this game 3-2 in conference, so winning record in conference, and scored 21 goals in the season compared to only letting 12 in. So this team was hot. This team was really good, and then... You know, obviously the way we've been playing, kind of struggling a little bit. So this game really worried me. But we won that game 2-1 in overtime, making us 3-10 and on the season, 2-4 and in conference play. Um, just for reference, last year we were 1-10 in conference. We ended the season 1-10 in conference. So that is good that we're already doubling our win total from last year. We have a basis to kind of grow off of. Obviously, you never want to see a losing record. But compared to last year, we are looking a lot better than we were Casey Crawford's a name to look out for. What did she do in that game, Trent? Yeah, man. Uh, sophomore midfielder Casey Crawford uh, was named Wolfpack Player of the Week after a game-winning overtime goal against Air Force. It uh, in the hundredth minute, she capitalized in a turnover and drilled it into the top right corner to take the lead two-one. That was a crazy game-winning goal. 
to uh, put the team up 2-1 to give them that win. Kendall Stovall had eight saves and only allowed one goal, so obviously the MVP, as we've been saying. Soccer is on the up and up. It's a team to kind of pay attention to. I feel like we're going to be... We're going to be saying their names more and more as the season goes on, making us you know, a little bit of a better team. 3-10 is not what you want to see on the season, but I think we have a lot of room to grow with this young team like we've been saying. And for volleyball, we took on Air Force last Thursday. We lost three sets to one. We lost the first set 25-16. We won that second set 24-26. Uh, we lost that third set 26-24, and we lost the fourth set 25-21 to lose three sets to one. Uh, this is our only, only our second loss in 10 games, though, so this team is still looking very impressive. They are still 14-4 and on the season, sitting third in the Mountain West behind Colorado State and Wyoming. Uh, next for Nevada is another home match next Thursday, October 17th, against New Mexico Lobos. Kayla Foa, a name that we have been talking about multiple times on this podcast, had another double-double with 13 kills and 13 assists. Sydney Peterson, six blocks on the day, and Daylin Burns had 23 assists. Both led the Wolfpack in those categories. It was a tough night for the pack, though. Uh, they were beaten every team category but blocks, which they just narrowly won 10-9. to And then, likewise, like I said, next Thursday, October 17th, against New Mexico, all in all, I still have a lot of faith in this volleyball team. I still think we can compete for a Mountain West title, uh, depending on what Wyoming and Colorado State do. We have yet to play those teams, so I think that we'll know more once we play those two teams how the standings are really going to look. But ultimately, a tough loss on Thursday. I, I'm thinking they can bounce back. I do too, and um, obviously it's not great seeing the first set. We dropped 25-16. Um, we've been kind of noticing that in the recent pack games. We're starting a little slow. Um, we started slow in the San Jose State game, and we also started slow in the Air Force game. But then we battled back in each of the second and third set, you know, making it, forcing it to win by, in that win by two situation. Yeah. We are forcing them to, you know, play more volleyball. But yeah, just kind of a tough one to uh, on Air Force on Thursday. First set, we did look a little lost. We saw some of that miscommunication that we saw against San Jose State in the first two sets. Um, but then kind of bounce back. So we just got to find a way to kind of start a little stronger, um, especially if we want to beat these uh, Colorado States and um, these other top teams in the Mountain West. So it's going to be tough, but I think I definitely still have a lot of faith in volleyball for sure. Like you said, we just need to stop making the mental mistakes. Uh, we've looked a lot stronger earlier in the year, and now it seems like we've kind of plateaued a little bit. It's It helps that we're playing New Mexico. They aren't the strongest team come Thursday. I think they sit either second to last place or third to last place in the conference. So it'll be good to play a team like that and maybe get our confidence back and, uh, you know, continue rolling because this volleyball team is going to be something special. It'll be fun to watch them on Thursday, October 17th against New Mexico. It'll be a fun game to watch, so stay tuned for that. Moving on, though, we'll just quickly recap swimming and diving. Nevada swimming and diving had a meet October 11th against the Little Brothers down south. They won 172-126. to just another sport that the little brothers just can't beat us in. They are they are bad at a lot of stuff, and including swimming and diving, which we took the dub on. Sophomore Laura Isabel Vasquez Lopez led the pack with two individual event wins in the one meter and three meter dive for a collective 18 points. We talked about her as a name to watch going into this meet, and she definitely lived up to the hype, winning two events. 
Nevada also had multiple swimmers score in more than one individual event. And then looking ahead for this great swimming and diving program, next up for the 2-0 Wolfpack is a pair of dual meets, the first against Fresno State on October 25th and UC Davis on October 26th. Both events will be in Nevada in the Lombardi Pool. Another great start for swimming and diving like we've been seeing year in, year out. They are put to the test again, though, October 25th and 26th. I mean, I see them winning both those meets. I don't see swimming and diving losing a lot this year, which is good for Pac fans, especially ones that are paying close attention to this team. Like we were in the Lombardi pool today in interviewing Amanda Levins. I mean, all over the wall is records that have been broken just recently by this uh, great program. And I think it's going to be another bright year for swimming and diving and a sport that a lot of Pac fans should keep their eyes on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, swimming and diving has been that consistent sport. We've said it over and over, but... I mean, they're just probably the most consistent sport in the last five, ten years for Nevada. I mean, like you said, looking at those records, we looked up at the board, and it looks like 85 to like 90% of those records were broken within the last five, ten years, um, since like 2013, I think, was like kind of like the onslaught, 2013, 2015. And then you see a lot of them in the last couple of years, 2016, 2017, right. 2018. So, I mean, just one of those teams that we have at Nevada that's just swimming amazingly well. And diving. And diving amazingly well. You know, it's just something that's really cool to watch. And then uh, Pack fans get to see them in action in Lombardi Pool on the 25th and 26th of this month. So a treat for Pack fans. And like you said, I don't see them losing a lot of games or a lot of meets this year. I mean, we're just one of the dominant forces in the Mountain West when it comes to swimming and diving. Yeah, it'll be a great year. And a year, like I keep saying, is uh, that Pack fans should really stay close to and pay close attention to. This is a really good team. That's exciting to keep track of. Women's golf moving on, returning to competition for the first time since September 24th. We've had a little break off, but they are back in action today and tomorrow. The two-day 54-hole event begins today with the event's first 36 holes and will conclude tomorrow with the final 18. The tournament, which Nevada has yet to play in ever, this is their first time competing in this tournament, uh, will be held at Tacoma Country Club in Lakewood, Washington. 18 teams enter the tournament. It will be the largest field the Wolfpack has completed competed in so far this season. Along with Nevada in the Mountain West, we just got two other teams, Wyoming and Boise State. It'll be fun to see how we match up against some Mountain West foes. And then Katie Rutherford, one of the players or golfers to keep an eye on. She has been she's been off to a great start this season. Her on her senior season, final season with the pack, she leads Nevada, averaging 72.5 strokes per round, and has collected a team best 18 birdies through two events. So Katie Rutherford, someone that we've shouted up on this show before, she was actually in the running for a pack player of the week, I think two weeks ago. So we'll see if she can do it again with this tournament coming up in uh, Washington. I think women's golf is going to be uh, pretty good, and we'll see if they, we, we can at least get like a top 10, top 5 finish and see how we do against some uh, Mountain West teams. I definitely think a top 10 finish would be kind of a – it would be a good tournament for Nevada. I think right. a top 5 would be a great turnout, but I think a top 10 is still something solid that we should look forward to and um, can look forward to. Like you said, Katie Rutherford, a former student athlete of the week for the university, right. definitely was on our um, polls as well, but you know she's 
starting the season amazing, um, but I definitely think a top 10 is something that we should expect from Nevada uh, in this tournament. Definitely. And we try to keep up with all sports here at PAC Center. We'll be able to recap all the sports that take place on Friday. But last but very not least, we have the PAC player of the week, which we remember to do this week. Yes, we did. It doesn't happen often that we remember to post these but we did remember late last night we around. Really need an alarm. I honestly. Know. We need to set an alarm. But it was around 5 p.m. last night when I was like, "Yep, we need." I just remembered we need to do Pack Player of the Week. We had some good ones though. With football doing so well, we've touched on Malik Henry. We've touched on Toa Tawa. Those two were actually in the running for Pack Player of the Week. And then we had Casey Crawford, who Trent po- pointed out had that amazing goal to win the game for soccer. So it was an absolutely tough uh, Pack Player of the Week. Race, it was a close finish between Malik Henry and Toa Tawa, and we had 66 votes. It's a pretty good turnout. I think it's our record. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. The 66 votes, not bad. But Do, do we have any uh, alternative votes for... Um, no comments either. No no Talton votes at no, all? No, no Talton votes, which I was surprised by yeah. as well. But winning with a total of 53%. Can I get a drum roll, please? It's Malik Henry. First ever FBS start and also wins Pack Center Player of the Week. Could he ask for a better week? I don't think so. I think he would rather have the Pack Player of the Week than the than the win on Saturday. I agree. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Malik Henry with the Pack Player of the Week definitely deserving through 352 yards and a touchdown in his effort to propel Nevada football for that that win that we desperately needed on Saturday. So congrats to Malik Henry. But coming Friday, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Friday, we're not going to cover Olympic sports slash some of the quote-unquote lesser sports of the campus. We are going to be mainly focusing on football and basketball that is now starting to kind of pick up. We have men's basketball exhibition game on Saturday. We also have women's basketball kind of starting to pick up as official practices are starting to pick up as well. Tyler and I were fortunate enough to sit down with Coach Amanda Levins today. It was a great interview. She let us know a lot of stuff that was going on with the team. Uh, She recapped that Spain trip that looked like so much fun. Just talked about everything, basically, and her expectations for this upcoming season. It was really cool to hear her view on everything. So that will be posted on Friday along with Basketball Preview, which is going to be men's and women's. We're going to take a deep dive into their schedules and kind of just see what their year, both know what their years are going to look like with men's and women's. And then, of course, we're going to be previewing that Utah State game for football. So stay tuned as we discuss both of those topics. Any last uh, th- thoughts from you guys? Not really. I think if I were to give my pack Player of the Week vote, I think it would go to Toa Tawa. I mean, the, the dude had an amazing game, definitely his breakout game of the season. And then that 27-yard rush at the end of the game, to put us in Talton's range was absolutely crucial. Malik definitely played his butt off for his first FBS start. Did yep. amazing, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to squeak it out to Toa Tower. But other than that, you know, not such a great week for the pack as we've been seeing. You know, volleyball losing a couple, soccer going one and one, and then football kind of squeaking out a game, which versus a team that we thought we should have beat a lot more. Right. Um. Hopefully next week's a little bit better. We do play some tough opponents, so hopefully the pack can uh, keep the winning ways going. Trent, if it was up to you, who would have won Pack Player of the Week and why? I'd probably have to give it to Talton just because 
he is 12 for 12. He is Mr. Clutch. And you know. he is the GOAT. He is the GOAT. But if I had to choose anyone else besides him, I might have to go with Austin Arnold, that pick six. But uh, that that may uh, be biased just because I played ball with him back in high school. But that was a nice little pick six he had on Love, and that's a pretty pretty uh, stud quarterback right there. So to get a pick on him, that's that's a good yeah, it definitely, yeah, I mean, he came into the game only giving up one interception yeah. the entire year, so to give up a pick six was pretty big, was and it definitely kind of set the tone for our team, I think, uh, giving us that boost to start the game, and just, I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen, and that was, I mean, that was crazy, so it was a good, it was a good boost to our team as yeah, we started. Yeah, good momentum builder, for Definitely, sure. definitely, as we started the game, um, but I think that is it for Pack Center this week. Stay tuned for Friday's episode, guys. It's going to be a good one. We're sitting down with Amanda Levins and previewing some some other sports. Thank you guys so much for giving us your time, and let's go, Pat.